Well, it's funny to begin with because it, it's a story. Yes. So that that that's. And always... she loves her stories. Yes. Kate loves her story songs. That's probably why I like her. She's mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Get, I've got these people in my head. I'm gonna write this song about yeah. and share it with the world. Yeah. It's like for me, like country. I don't like modern country. I like old country because they're usually a story. Mm -hmm. Because at least for me, it's more engaging. You know, I get a kick out of it because as well, just from the historical precedents that I'm mm -hmm. like, I've read num a number of accounts. I mean, there's a lot that are romanticized and that most likely are fake and fictional, but they do <laughs> but they do have written accounts to the point where some women actually received pensions from the government for their time at sea. I like it. I mean, it's, it's not a, like a sea shanty, like a sea shanty, you wouldn't really sing her version like in a pub while drinking. Mm-hmm but it's still a fun version. Welcome to Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link, and this week we're continuing on with all the many b-sides from the Hounds of Love season and this week we're going to be talking about a cover Kate Bush did of a traditional song called The Handsome Cabin Boy. It's over pretty female as you may understand Her mind been bent for rambling into some foreign land she dressed herself in sailor's clothes, or so it does appear. And she hired with a captain to serve him for a year. And with me to talk about the song this week is actually someone that I haven't called on Skype. In fact, he's sitting like less than a foot away from me. This is a sea song, and I figured it would be very appropriate to have a good friend of mine who is a sailor with the U.S. Navy on the show to talk about this song. Hi. Thanks, Seth, for having me on. Uh, Andrew Martin, a uh, sailor in the United States Navy, been uh, enlisted now an officer almost 17 years in here, and also I'm a history major as well as a music major, so I have a lot of history about both the Navy and music, so mm -hmm. looking forward to this. I know, because I was like, hey, wait a minute, you're a sailor, you might have, you, you might know a thing or two about sea shanties. I do. Indeed. So yeah, we're talking this week about um, The Handsome Cabin Boy, which was released as a B-side for one of Kate Bush's singles. It was for the Hounds of Love single, and if you got the Hounds of Love single, you got the alternate version, and then you also got this version, and she did not write this song. This is, uh, well, as we'll get into, this has a very interesting history, as most folks, most folks songs do. It does. I mean, yeah. and some sea shanties go back hundreds of years, so mm -hmm. you just have to find proof to show how far back it goes. Yeah. So what, first of all, is a sea shanty? Since this is definitely qualifies for that. So yes. let's music nerd here, because that's what we do. Excellent. When we're off camera, this is what we do. Yes. Uh, well, sea shanties are songs sung at sea. There's a couple of types. No, they're sung on land. Not, not originally. <laughs> and it also depends on what type of ship, too. Oh, uh, really? Okay, yes. see, this part I did not know. Yes. I did up some of my reading, but you're like the music nerd person. So. Uh, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, well, sea shanties, there's two different types. There's going to be your work sea shanties, which usually are more call and response, and they also have a very normal pulsing beat, most, most often like a march, something that you can work to. So that way it's setting a beat, because on sailing ships, before machines and everything else, everything was done by hand. Mm -hmm. So even raising... The anchor required a capstan, basically, that would, you'd have to get about 20 to, to, to 25 people working together at the same time so all the effort could actually raise an anchor. Uh, there's lots more going into that, but what they would do is that a lot of the times to make sure everyone was walking in step, they would have music. Mm. Uh, so for sea shanties, you'd have someone singing, um, but that would be more on, on commercial shipping. On warships, there actually for a long time it was you couldn't sing because then you would potentially have someone saying or singing something that you couldn't hear the orders being given by the officers. Mm. So, but you could have music. A lot of the times, like on a capstan, you could have someone fiddling or playing a pipe or something like that. 
a, a song that had a steady beat. So that's how everyone would always, you know, walk in step with each other. So the work was being done together to get the job done. Mm -hmm. uh, your other type is a folksal sea shanty. And those are the ones that are just sung for fun. Mm -hmm. uh, because in ships, the folksal or the front end of the ship would be where the enlisted or the junior folks on board ship would, would live, basically. So this was something that they could do in their off time to just relax, have fun, kind of like, you know, like a bunch of musicians just jamming together, just talking. You know, it gave them something to do, someone who could make fun of someone else, quick wit, put something <laughs> to a song, you know, and just make it rhyme, stuff like that, mm -hmm. at which point you have something fun and it's a story, usually often and not. So this is where I would say that the handsome cabin boy definitely falls into. Uh, yeah, from what you're describing, it sounds like, hey, we're all sitting around, we're kind of bored, hey, let's have a funny little story to, you know, pass the time mm -hmm. a little bit. So that's... Which I imagine is how most, honestly, most folk songs really come about. It, it does, and then it, it, it changes over time based mm -hmm. on what's going on. Uh, some things I'll talk about later for especially the, the idea of the handsome cabin boy. Yeah. Uh, and, and how Whoop. that came to be. There, there's a number of historical precedents about that, actually, that can talk oh. about. Uh, but then another type of sea, uh, another example for like a sea shanty uh, is another one for farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies. Most people probably might recognize it from the the song Quinn was singing in Jaws. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> but that song, they actually have recording and proof of, of versions or lyrics of that going back to the 1600s. Wow. So it actually oh, predates right. like the sea shanty time. That's more of something that's more 1800s and later because it was kind of revised and, and romanticized as a sailor's, sailor's life where they would take a lot of those working and folks ones and kind of then get them off ship. And then like, hey, it's good music, let's sing. So you actually had a big revival a couple of times in the 1900s as well over, over sea shanties. But and for that one, it actually tells a story as well for uh, sailors coming back off the French coast, going back to port in England. So it actually goes over uh, the various sites you would see. So you could actually walk your way back home by the sites you, that the song tells you. Oh, cool. Because uh, it's, for the most part, I mean, it starts off, if, if you don't know it, you know, farewell and adieu to you Spanish ladies, farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain, for we've received orders to sail for old England, but we hope in a short time to seize you again. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors, we'll rant and we'll roar across the salt seas. Until we strike soundings in the channel of all England, from Mushin to Scilly is 35 leagues. So that's the main part with the chorus. Mm -hmm. And going from, from Ushant, which is where a lot of the English ships would take station off France, to Scilly, 35 leagues across the English, you oh. know, from where they would be patrolling and going from. Uh, but the next part, you can actually walk your way through with the next part. They're setting, they, they set sail. Mm -hmm. uh, but at one point... So first land we made, it's it's called the Dead Men. Next Rams head off Plymouth, start Portland and right. We sailed on by Beachy, by Fairley and Dungeness, and then bore away for the South Portland Light. So these are all mm. parts you have, like the Ram Rams head that they're talking about is off Cornwall. It's mm -hmm. actually a prominent feature that you can see from sea. So and it's going to be on the southwestern tip of England in that yeah. area. And then going further east, the next major port is Devon, Devonport, or now Plymouth. It's actually three cities in one that's now Plymouth. Ooh. <laughs> and it actually walks yourself away you go to where you would actually go back to anchor for the main fleet area. So That is so cool. So it's something that you actually can sing it, and you're teaching people, hey, this is what you'll see. So mm -hmm. it's also instructive. So lots of uses. So, yeah, definitely. But lots of fun stuff. Sail for old England, but be hoping in a 
short time to see you again. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar all on the salt seas until we strike soundings in the channel of old England. All you chanticillious fellies. Ship to with the wind from southwest, boys. We hove our ship to deep soundings to take. Cause forty five fathoms for the white sandy bottom. So we squared our main yard and up We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar all on the salt seas until we strike soundings in the channel of old England. All you shanters, silly, it's dirty. Land we sighted was called the Dodman. Next rain had off Plymouth, off Portsmouth, the Whites. We sailed by Beachy, by Fairlight, and Dover, and then we bore up for the Southbourne Lights. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar all on the salt seas until we strike soundings to the channel of old England from Signal was made for the Grand Fleet to anchor and all in the downs that night brought a lie. Let go your shank painter, let go your cat scoffer, all up your clue garnets that takes and ships fly. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar all on the salt seas until we strike soundings in the channel of old England. From Every man drink off his full bumper, and let every man drink off his full glass. We'll drink and be jolly, and to drown melancholy. And here's to the health of its true-hearted lass. We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors. We'll rant and we'll roar all on the salt seas until we strike soundings in the channel of old England. All you chanticleers, thirty. And so the yeah, the handsome so you're saying so the handsome cabin boy then is more of like what we were talking about, like a like kind of a leisure more a leisure song. You're mm -hmm. not really being taught anything in it except like I don't know, that maybe if you're trying to be a woman and you wanna and you are bent for traveling into foreign lands, you have to dress up as a dude to do it because women can't be on board except as a captain's wife or something. I'm assuming. True. Uh it, it also depends. I know for the British it's in the early 1800s they actually finally actually passed a law saying women couldn't serve on board ships because so many women had either snuck aboard or for what happened. <laughs> uh, so they had to do that. And even even in the U.S. Navy, even in the Civil War, uh, it was fairly common to have women on board ship, although you'd know they were women like the sweethearts, wives, type of stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh, perhaps maybe a lady of ill repute or two. Uh, but what they would do is that when they would rouse everyone out of their hammocks, because they slept in hammocks for space, uh, they'd go around saying, show a leg. And the reason why is that if you basically, you know, they could see if it was a man's leg or a woman's leg, and if you mm -hmm. were a woman, they would give you 15 more minutes to get ready. So that way, in theory, all the guys cleared out so you could get out, do what you had to do, and then go on about your business. You know, mainly more in port where people would come visit, stuff like that. But, you know, it actually was normal and something that was, you know, fairly somewhat common. I mean, even the, the term son of a gun, if you've heard that, yeah. com comes from that where uh, women are on board and give birth. Oh. So kind of in that kind of leads yeah. into this one, too, where, you know, it's a son of a gun mm. because you may not know who the father is. I know. So Especially this, in context of the song. Oh, my Exactly. Goodness. So that's, that's, well, that's one of the, the things that you do because, you know, they'd be like, oh, son of a gun, you don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. you know, and, you, and there's various, you know, stories depending on what you want to believe on, you know, the sun, you, you'd fire guns to, to quiet down the screams of stuff like that. Everything, you know, for anything under the wind that you can make up has probably been said about it. Probably. So, <laughs> but yet again, it's like one of those, one of those little terms that it's based in history and it, it's, it's real. Uh, I mean, you have n numerous accounts, even in the U.S. Uh, Revolutionary War, about women dressing up as men mm -hmm. to fight. Uh, I've heard about those. Yeah, you have that. I mean, and then even in, especially at sea, uh, more 
more noted on on pirates is mm. you know there's a number of female pirates that you know are well known like Anne Bonny and 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 Mary Reed and, and some others so you know it's 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 not too far out there for that to happen during that time period mm-hmm. so and it did happen and you know it's I'm trying to remember the last time something like that one but once women actually could openly serve that would happen a lot uh, at least in the military the commercial shipping is a lot different though because mm-hmm. it didn't have the same rules the military had so oh. you, you had you had ways around that and, and people could skirt that around that so you know you got that going mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other examples off the top of my head that that more more prominent about this but even just the, the show a leg part, uh, you know, it was not uncommon. So, it, you know, women would be aboard ship even though they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, sailors are notorious for doing things they're not supposed to do. <laughs> so. Oh, wait. I don't know. How would you know about that? I don't know. I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny anything. So. <laughs> now, most of, when I, most of the time when I think of sea shanties, I think of songs that are usually in English. But I wonder if there are any in other languages. I'm sure there were some in other languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh wait a minute! Duh! Why did I think of this one? There's actually a good one I know of from um, from Brittany. Mm-hmm. It's called Trimartaloli. Trimartaloli, tra la 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 la, Trimartaloli, I don't know the rest of it. Mm-hmm. All I know is Trimartaloli, which is three young sailors, mm-hmm. and it's all very repetitive, of course, and it has a very catchy tune, traditional Breton song, and. But that's the only one I know of in a foreign language. Because I mostly think of like British and Irish and Scottish. That's where the tradition today comes from. Best because that's the most well recorded. Okay, I would that say. makes sense. And then especially in the in the Western tradition of music, that's what's most well known. So, um, I mean, there has to be there, there's anywhere you go, it's going to happen because music's the, the universal language. So mm-hmm. someone's going to put something to music somewhere, and it just makes sense because it goes with everything else. I mean, even. Um, you know, looking back to like Roman galleys or watching Ben Hur, where they have the drummer for all the strokes, that mm-hmm. is basically a music, a musical instrument version of a sea shanty because the whole point of that is to make everyone row at the same speed and the same pace, so that it all works together to make the ship go faster and do what it needs to do. Yeah. So a perfect example going back, you know, thousands of years in that case of using music to get jobs done on board ship. Mm-hmm. So. So. And, they spoke Latin, so there's definitely probably ones in Latin somewhere. Oh, probably. Buried at the bottom of the <laughs> sea somewhere. <laughs> we go, I don't know how to pronounce this. I don't know. Mm, we don't even know the tune. <laughs> no modern musical notation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no recording. This song, like most folk songs, I noticed has a, like, there's, even even within Kate's version, there are a couple of song, verses that she doesn't even sing. She sings most of them, and you get the, the whole story and everything. But, oh, whole story. <laughs> no pun intended there, Kate fans. Um, but she, there, there are still a couple of verses that she doesn't sing. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of, like, ly- slight lyrical tweaks, but I'm not surprised at that, mm-hmm. given that it's a folk song. And especially when um, in an earlier episode when I was talking about um, uh, the ballad of Lucy Wan. Sometimes that's known as Lizzie Wan. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's Rosie Wan. Like, and it all, like, the basic story is the same, that it's it's a brother who gets his sister pregnant and then kills her in a gruesome way. But each, like, somebody knows it as Lizzie Wan. Somebody knows it as Rosie. Somebody mm-hmm. knows it. It's just, like, little words here and there. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, for what I'd looked up about this tune itself, uh, it's fairly standard actually but it's almost wholly a british mm-hmm. folk song at all there's very few references to anything outside of the british isles yeah so it's a very you know localized one which you know makes sense because you know back hundreds of years sailors while they were probably the most well-traveled people on earth they still for the most part stayed locally mm-hmm. um exceptions of course and with trade and everything else like that but so it's easy to pass things around and when you get someone that's new to a ship they learn something and take it to another ship and to another ship so the you get mostly the same thing so you get less of those changes i I guess because it's you're closer to the source yeah i know some of the other ones there was a number of uh especially in the 50s like three or four different recordings of this song that were done um and then who knows how many other ones just 
uh, other versions have been done with minor changes that mm-hmm. were, were before recording. So yep. it's kind of hard to, to figure that. But that's it's the same theme, theme of a, a woman dressed as a sailor to be on board getting pregnant and hilarity ensues. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know, the perfect song for a young Kate Bush to be listening to with her brothers. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it's interesting with this song and just like, even like, okay, why would Kate cover this? They, like the first time I heard this song was when I downloaded the extra box, or not extra, the extra discs of B-sides that came with her This Woman's Work box set, which... And, was uh, released in 1990 and had everything that she had done up to that point. And it included a, a disc of B-sides. So it had Burning Bridge, it had uh, Lord of the Reedy River, and then it had this song. And I remember listening, I thought, this sounds like an old folk song, but I'm not sure. Just the way that the, the melody moves, mm-hmm. it just it's very singable. It's something that stands out on its own. And I've noticed that also about other sea shanties, mm-hmm. that. It's something that, obviously, it's something you need people to remember so they can do their work. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, it needs to be memorable. You can't just have something go, all over the place. It has to be memorable. And when I heard her version, I thought, okay, this, this sounds like an old folk song. And, of course, I looked it up, and yes, it was. And, obviously, she's never done this live or anything. And it feels like something that she kind of did as a homage almost to all the folk music that she listened to growing up from mm-hmm. her brothers because her brothers were much older than she was. She was the, oh, oops, mom can still get pregnant at 40. Oh, oops, I guess we have another kid because um, she had two older brothers mm-hmm. before and they were quite a bit older than her and they would play a lot of folk music. And so I know that that's infused in a lot of her music. It's like colorful characters in outrageous situations. And so it makes sense that she would take this song that she probably heard ever since she was a kid and probably went, you know what, I'm at my home studio now. I'm going to go out to the bar. I'm going to go out to the barn and just record this song because I feel like it. I mean, she probably doesn't talk like that. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. I'm American. Like, you can kind of throw tomatoes at me for my British accent. But that's what she probably did. And I, I think it's neat that in her version that she has, uh, it sounds like drones. She's got drones. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she's got tones that are a fifth apart. And it's just, uh, or in the background, mm-hmm. and then she heard doing your, da, 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 da. it just it goes with the whole folk vibe. Her cheeks they were like roses, and her hair all in a curl. The sailors often smiled and said he looked just like a girl. Raising all the captain's biscuit of color did destroy And the wasted swell of pretty Nilda Hanson cabin boy And she loves to do drones in her music, Timmy, running up that hill. Running up that hill starts with boom and it's, yeah, I know that's something you get a lot in folk music, mm-hmm. where you'd have somebody, it was, a, I guess, pipes mm-hmm. playing in one note, and then you just sing on top of it. Because mm-hmm. if you look even at bagpipes for the different types in uh, Breton pipes, you, in small pipes, and Northumberland pipes, and other stuff, they have different arrangements of drones, but they all have that same droning characteristic, usually actually in an octave, but definitely sometimes in a fifth as well, depending on how many they have. This version, she uh, she doesn't sing all. She doesn't sing necessarily every verse. I would have loved her to have sung the very last <laughs> verse. Like, oh god, Kate, if you're gonna go there with a with a with a C song, you need to do the last verse of the song. <laughs> but oh well, I did her sing. And then each man took his touch of rum and they drank the best to trade. And likewise to the cabin boy. Song. as a sailor what do you think of this song? uh 
Well, it's funny to begin with because it, it's a story. Yes. So that that that's. And always... she loves her stories. Yes. Kate loves her story songs. That's probably why I like her. She's mm -hmm. like, you know what? I'm just gonna. Get, I've got these people in my head. I'm gonna write this song about it yeah. and share it with the world. Yeah, it's like for me, like country. I don't like modern country. I like old country because they're usually a story. Mm -hmm. Because at least for me, it's more engaging. So. Yeah, and also the modern country is all like the bro country, like, eh, yeah, yeah, pick up shark and my girls. Like, yeah, no. Yep. No. But so, but yeah, there's that. And then just, uh, you know, I get a kick out of it because as well, just from the historical precedents that I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, I've read num a number of accounts. I mean, there's a lot that are romanticized and that most likely are fake and fictional, but they do, <laughs> but they do have written accounts to the point where some women actually received pensions from the government for their time at sea. Woo! So, <laughs> so it, it's you know if if it's that if that point if the government's willing to pay you you know it's got to be true. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> oh, definitely. It's all the last from Staffordshire, as you may understand. Outlawed by king and country into some foreign land. She dressed herself in sailor's clothes, or so it does appear. And she hired with her captain to serve him for a year. Her cheeks, they were like roses, and her hair fell in a curl. The sailors often smiled and said he looks just like a girl. When eating at the captain's table her colour did destroy And the wasted swell of pretty Nell, the handsome cabin boy So you're saying historical precedent. So, I'm curious, who were these badass ladies who actually got to be on ships? Uh, there was a couple. Um, I actually made sure I looked some up just because I wanted to have something specific to give you. Cool. Um, Let's see, it's primarily with the British Navy. Makes um, sense. Uh, uh, here was the one. Ooh. Where we actually got the pension. It was from 1759. Whoa. So, uh, Mary Lacey wrote that in, in 1759, a thought came into my head to dress myself in men's apparel and set off by myself. Taking the name William Chandler and signing on to HMS Sandwich, Lucy became the servant to the ship's carpenter and learned a, a great deal about ship construction. In 1763, she took a position as shipwright's apprentice at the Portsmouth Dockyard. When a local woman sus suspected Lucy's secret, she revealed herself to two trusted male friends who insisted he is a man and a half to a great many. <laughs> After spending 17 year years posing as a man, she applied for a pension in 1772 and under her true name was granted 20 pounds a year, which actually for that time was, was decent money. Okay, because I'm also wondering, like, okay, exchange rate? Not like exchange well, rate. Not really exchange rate, but also just with time. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. it's, I'd actually have to do, like, the historical conversion to see, like, what it would be at. But it's something that you could not necessarily live comfortably, but you could survive on mm -hmm. with help and supplement other ways. So, so and that's just one. One example that I found in doing research, but the, and then there's a couple others like that too. But you know, yeah, that is one actually with like from the British government acknowledging that in the time and 17 years of service, and here's your money. So you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just cool that they even acknowledge it and didn't just go, oh no, we're gonna discount this. Mm -hmm. They're like, yep, go ahead, yep, you, you've done your time, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's hard to argue with paperwork saying the person did work. So that is true. So. I mean that that's the that's one of the best ones that I that I found as a as an example that listed as well that you could get records from the ship ship's logs, mm -hmm. actually showing that they, you know, mustered in this this person into the ship's log to be part of ship's company and do the work and what have not. So mm -hmm. uh, a lot of historical fact, and then and I know for some of the army ones, uh, like the you know you'd have the women would end up binding their breasts so they wouldn't be as prominent and easier to fit in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess for more uh, more modern folks, the whole Disney Mulan idea mm -hmm. is a great example. That's also a historically accurate. Well, the Disney version isn't historically well, accurate, but it's based on a historical. It's based on something. I so, have, so even that—that's how many years ago. So you have a you know centuries of, of examples of this happening. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that 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 part where it's something that it's not just a fantasy story or or a song. It's something that could have actually happened. And then just also just the way Kate sings it. Just I mean, it's it's, it's her style. She she makes it her own. Yes, she does. So, which is uh, for why I love her. Oh my God, <laughs> she's like I'm. Yes, I'm Kate Bush. I'm gonna sing however I want to. Tis of a pretty female, as you shall understand. Her mind was sent on roving into some foreign land. Attired in sailor's clothing, she boldly did appear and engaged with the captain to serve him for one year. She engaged with the captain a cabin boy to be. The wind stood fine and clearly, and so they put to sea. The captain's lady been on board, she seemed for to enjoy. So glad that the captain had engaged with a handsome cabin boy. So. And so what I like about this song and her version is that she sounds like she's smiling as she's singing it. Oh yeah, I mean you, like, you, you have to. You can tell she is having fun singing this. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm singing this song I've heard since I was a kid, and she probably just didn't give much thought to it because oh wait, she's known this since she was a kid. She probably doesn't have to rehearse it very much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh yes, I'm gonna go out to the barn there and go record this song here real quick. And oh yes, it's a B song. Yeah, you know. <laughs> just kind of have this thing lying around, this rendition, this beautiful rendition of the song. There you go. She just needed a vehicle like Bowie did in Labyrinth for all of her B-sides. Well... Or did she? Now, do you mean like with her acting? Not necessarily acting, but just as like soundtrack. Because I know Bowie used a lot of his lesser well-known things yeah. for, for parts of, of Labyrinth. She just... Kate was never interested in being famous. Like, she was offered multiple times to, like, even join Live Aid mm-hmm. at this time, which was going on at this time. And she was offered to do that, and she was like, eh, pff, screw that, I'm not going to do that. Um, she was just, by the, she'd done the celebrity thing for a couple of years, and then by this time she built her own studio so that she could retreat a little bit mm-hmm. and could be able to record stuff at her own pace and not have to, like, be jacking up all sorts of money recording at all these different studios like she did on the previous album, The Dreaming. Um, she could just do it all on her own, but she just wasn't interested in the whole celebrity thing, which is really unfortunate because I wish that she would fucking perform live more often, but that's just me. Yeah. That's what a lot of Kate fans would like. Understandable. Cause it's just, it, it's, it's just magical when you see someone actually perform live. Yeah. So. Like, oh my God, Florence, you're less than five feet away from me. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi, can I touch your arm? Hi. You don't get you don't get that with Kate. Like Kate is very like put up the wall. Yeah, I mean it 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 also goes with like I the Kate Bush style, just the whole I mean, I always think it more ethereal where she's just like she's now gracing you with her presence and then goes away. Yeah, so. basically. <laughs> oh yes, I'm dropping an album here. Hope you buy it, bye. Actually I don't care if you buy it, bye. <laughs> No, she does do the ethereal kind of thing. and But then also what I like with this song is that she shows a little sense of humor because I think that sometimes the way they presented her in the press, and I'm just going off of like what I can find on the internet. I wasn't there at the time, obviously. But my impression is that people thought she was very, usually very serious. And in this she's doing, oh, hey, I'm going to do this body sea song. And I'm gonna sa- and I'm gonna sound like I'm having fun doing it, and you get to actually see like some of her her humor, I think coming through. Like she's probably like, yeah, yo, I think this whole situation is hilarious, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do too. I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, I mean, and that's also just for her upbringing and with the British Isles, a lot of songs have that that body nature to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, any place that that brings you Shakespeare you're gonna have a lot of that in, in especially in folk tunes yeah I know, I know one that I've sung was about my men Tom who had a thing that is long and my maid Mary had a thing that was hairy 
and he and basically and he would take his thing which was long and knock it into her thing that was hairy and they're talking about a broom <laughs> oh my god i'm totally thinking of the who's song squeeze box like my daddy mommy's got a squeeze box daddy never sleeps at night <laughs> <laughs> it's probably meant. It's probably totally meant to be dirty. I'm thinking. Listen, to this going. What the hell is this? <laughs> Anyways. So, so that that's normal for especially for British stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where they, you know, I mean, any any fan of Monty Python, they you know they mm-hmm. they have a different sense of, of humor than we do over here in the states. That they so. do. <laughs> yeah, she's shown to herself to have a very dark sense of humor. I mean, it's not just I think in this song in her rendition of a handsome cabin boy, but also. Um, even going back to her song "The Wedding List," where that is like the the characters in that song, it's so vivid. Like you could, you could imagine this happening in a folk song, with the the wife who is getting married and her her husband is killed on their wedding day, and she goes and enacts revenge, like Kill Bill before Kill Bill style. Although mm-hmm. it was more of the bride wore black, but still like that imagery, and then. Like her dying at the end and she's pregnant with somebody's kid, but she kills herself. Like it's totally something out of a folk song, out of something like this. Mm-hmm. The song itself is just fun. It is. It's, it really and the way is. she does it, so. Mm-hmm. It, that's, you know, it's something I would not mind listening to again and again. Yay! <laughs> and this is awesome because you don't listen to Kate the way I do, so. This is true. Yeah. Because I'm like, you, you were, I was like, hey. I want you to talk about going on my Kate Bush podcast and talk about this song. Hey, going in cold here. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the, the, the four and a half seasons backstory that you have. <laughs> and the in-depth knowledge and, you know. You know, listening to her for 14 years as of 2019 when we're recording this, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit more if you go back to, like, me hearing Wuthering Heights when I was 16 years old, but I'm not really counting that. I wasn't a fan. Dumbo is this pretty maid. She did her duty well. But mark what follows after. This song itself will tell. Wheat and cabin baskets have colored and destroy. And the wasted swell of pretty Nell, the handsome cabin boy. As through the bay of escape, this gallant ship did plow. That night amongst the sailors there rose a bloomin' row. They bundled bay their hammocks and it did their rest annoy. And they swore about the groaning o the handsome cabin boy. Oh yeah, but with her you know, more of Kate with the history of the song that um, back in uh, the end of 1980s, mm-hmm. there's a British, uh, there was a British radio host named Paul Gamacini. He is one of the few people, honestly, who, whose interviews with Kate, I think, are the most respectful at that time, because uh, I've noticed in interviews, um, or even early on, that. It seemed like people were kind of like, when, when people were interviewing her, they weren't really taking her seriously. There's like, eh, whatever, this looks seems like a hippy-dippy chick kind of thing, when she's really not that way. But Paul Gambaccini is one of the few people who has interviewed her over the years, and he is very respectful. And he's not making fun of her or like going, oh, yes, I'm going to talk to you for, I'm going to like ask you a question and then immediately like talk over you like Ryan Seacrest style or something like that. And at the end of 1980, uh, Paul Gambaccini was the host of a Radio 1 music program, and he invited Kate to join him on for two programs, and which she would have complete discretion as to the music played. For the first day's program broadcast on December 30th, and which has been transcribed on gaffa.org, Kate provided a selection of traditional and classical recordings which would not ordinarily have been played on radio at all. The second day's program, her choice included records which might be called more popular, although most of these recordings are rarely if ever heard on the radio either. During the programs, Kate's mood was noticeably relaxed. She later said she had greatly enjoyed the chance to introduce some of her own favorites to a larger audience. And among those songs that she played was a version of The Handsome Cabin Boy. Hmm. She basically said she thought it was a beautiful song. It had a beautiful melody and a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... and. Because it makes me like I know we we mentioned this before, uh, it reminds me of like the Lena, um, Lorena McKennett version of the Highwaymen. Mm-hmm. Same thing where it's a story that predated her version of it, 
Which also she didn't sing all the verses or, you know, change some of the verses for her uh, recording. But also kind of made it her own as well. So, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, I, I can see a lot of parallels with that, especially because they, in some ways, a lot of the style is, is reminiscent of each other, but not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if, I'd have to actually look into that to see if she did it more of the historical part is just finding a historical poem that she wanted to set to music or, you know, why she, why she don't, why she did that. Cause it didn't have the same background as, mm-hmm. as the handsome cabin boy. That was a, an existing folk song for for hundreds of years, potentially. So, yeah. So I don't know if that, you know. Maybe if you ever do a, L- a Lorena McKennett podcast and you don't Kate Bush, you might look into that. But uh... it's a pretty female, as you may understand. Her mind being bent for rambling unto some foreign land. She dressed herself in sailor's clothes, or so it does appear. And she hired with a captain to serve him for a year. The captain's wife, she being on board, she seemed in great joy to think her husband had engaged such a handsome cabin boy. And now and then she'd slip him a kiss and she would have liked toy, but it was the captain found out the secret of the handsome cabin boy. Her cheeks, they were like roses and her hair all in a curl. The sailors often smiled and said he looked just like a girl. But eating all the captain's biscuit, their color didn't destroy. And the waist did swell a pretty knell, the handsome cabin boy. It was in the bay of Biscay our gallant ship did plough. One night among the sailors was a fearful flurry and round. They tumbled from their hammocks for sleep it did destroy and they swore about the groaning of the handsome cabin boy. Which is just interesting, too, because then I'm trying to think of other artists that have taken songs that may, that they were able to make more popular or famous just because they knew it and they decided to record it. Well, the song that came out that, well, last week's uh, song was on My Leg and Love. And that one was where a case of Kate taking this traditional Irish song and actually putting different words to it. Hmm. Like completely, like completely different words. But, oh, and, and she has covered, she covered a Donovan song. She covered Lord of the Reedy River for the Dreaming Season. I fell in love with a swan. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, I don't know of many like people who have popular. I, kn- I know that they're out there, and I can't think of any off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, neither can I, so. No. So, listeners, if you're listening and you're like, hey, wait a minute, why didn't she mention blah, 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 please feel free to write in kbcast at linkmedia.com, and, you can, and your comments will be read. For the Let the Weirdness End episode that will come out at the end of this season, so my mailbag season. 
Oh, because that there's a because there's a, sometimes it's known as the the female cabin boy. Twas in the bay of Biscay our gallant ship did plow. One night among the sailors there was an awful row. They tumbled from their hammocks, cause their rest it did destroy. And it was all about the moaning of that female cabin boy. Oh, doctor, oh, doctor, the cabin boy did cry. The sailors swore by all the gods the cabin boy would die. The doctor came a-running and a-laughing at the fun that a cabin boy should either have a daughter or a son. Now when the sailors heard of this, they all began to swear. It didn't belong to none of them that solemnly declared. The captain's lady standing near to her husband said so coy, it's either you or I betrayed that female cabin boy. Yep. So, I mean, and that one, that's what I was looking at. It's, uh, I mean, that's one where it also has the betrayed. It's either you or I betrayed the, the, that female cabin boy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, which is in there some of them. And it's funny how some of the different ones end with ones where they, where they talk about that potential relationship between the captain's wife, the captain other the crew and the cabin boy but then there's other ones that just talk about how it's funny where the crew can't sleep because of the groaning of the of the, of the handsome cabin boy as trying to give birth so mm-hmm. uh, the, the, well, the versions i looked at the basic story is the same mm-hmm. and then it's uh, and there's the one of the verses that kate didn't do was about i think the 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 captain figuring out that this boy was actually a girl. And is it, I always thought what also was interesting about this song is the captain's wife and her role in it because it sounds like the wife is okay with her husband fooling around on her, but I'm not sure. Um, I mean, that's actually one of the ones in most of the versions I saw that is the least common part about the captain's wife. Really? Mm-hmm. Because I know, like this one, I have a couple of them, um, and it's only actually like a, a five different versions. Only two of them really reference the wife mm-hmm. to much detail, other than just in passing. Uh, I mean, it could be just a product of the time period. Uh, I know that there, like, there's a number of sayings in the, in the British Navy, the Royal Navy had over the over the centuries, and one of them being that, that no man is married past the Strait of Gibraltar or <laughs> around the Cape, you know, around the Cape, because basically. You'd be gone for three to five years on a on a on a deployment, basically. Mm-hmm. So, and it was one of those where, you know, the Lord of the Manor, like for the more famous captains coming back, you know, would just come back, you know, see how the, how everything's going, you know, refresh the misses, and then back out to sea again. So, I don't know if it's more of a prevailing just attitude under of of just acceptance, knowing that. You know, the husband's going to be gone for years and, you know, who knows? It could be something mm-hmm. as, like that or, uh, it, you know, it might even be just, you know, just talking about or the other way around too where, uh, you know, if the wife's home alone, you know, it, it, if the husband's gone for a couple of years, it, it, it's highly suspicious if she gets pregnant. Mm-hmm. But if she has a female companion, then you don't have to worry about that. So it could be also kind of tilting everything that direction as well. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, probably something that would need more more research just to see if it's other things that are, are done like that, other folk tunes. Yeah, it appears that the first recording, uh, I guess, of this song is from 1951. Cecilia Costello sang The Handsome Cabin Boy on November 30th, 1951 in Birmingham in a recording made by Maria Slocombe and Patrick Shulden Shaw for the BBC. It was published in 1975 on her eponymous leader album, Cecilia Costello. And then there was another recording made in 1953 mm-hmm. that was not available made available until 1998. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 59 recording. Mm-hmm. 
57 recording, 63 recording, 68, 73. So, I mean, you got a number of ones that were just, but it's all British. So it's in the, you know, they even talk about at one point where they, you know, they only found everything is, is in England, but it's only two versions they've seen in, in North America and a, and a handful in Scotland. Yeah, here's somebody says, uh, Ewan McCall. So that's actually, so the version that Kate played on her show was uh, by Ewan McCall. And he sang the handsome cabin boy on his and A.L. Lloyd's albums, The Black Ball Line, and A Hundred Years Ago. This track was also included in the topic sampler number seven, Sea Songs and Shanties, and on French compilation, Chant des Marins. A.L. <laughs> Lloyd also sang the handsome cabin boy in 1957 on his and Ewan McCall's a tradition album, Blow, Boys, Blow. He commented in the album sleeve, The handsome cabin boy portrays a common sailor's dream and among the crew is a girl dressed as a boy. Oddly enough, in songs based on this fantasy, it's nearly always an officer who discovers the girl's identity. In this case, the plight of the pregnant cabin boy might be considered tragic, seen from the girl's viewpoint. But as sailors see it, the situation is inexhaustibly comic. I think it's funny, too. The version of this much-loved ballad that is sung here is unusual for the unequivocal role played by the captain's wife. Yeah, all of them were, most of the people who have recorded the song were British. So yeah, it is very tied to the British Isles. Oh, doctor, dear, oh, doctor, the cabin boy did cry. Me time is come, I am undone, and I shall surely die. The dog to come running and smiling at the fun. To think a sailor lad should have a daughter or a son. The sailors, when they saw the joke, they all did stand and stare. The child belonged to none of them, they solemnly did swear. And the captain's wife, she says to him, My dear, I wish you joy, for it's either you or me as betrayed the handsome cabin boy. So each man took his tot of rum and he drank success to trade. And likewise to the cabin boy who was neither man nor maid. Here's hoping the wars don't rise again, our sailors to destroy. And here's hoping for a jolly lot more like the handsome cabin boy. Yeah, even the version that Jeannie Robertson sings, I look at this going, wow, there is definitely some dialect in here. Mm -hmm. But when the sailors heard the joke, they uh, began to stare. They uh, took up a bumper and they draw. Oh, that's the verse that she didn't sing. Gah! And oftentimes the sailors smile and said, you look it like a girl and yep. a female cabin boy. For it's of a fair young maiden, as you will understand, who had a mind for roving into, some fo into a foreign land. She dressed in, so dressed in man's apparel, she boldly did appear. She engaged with the captain to serve him for a year. I almost started to sing the, the Kate version. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm so used to her version. Yep. <laughs> yeah, just slight lyrical tweaks, but uh, mm -hmm. the story is the same. But I wanted her to sing this first. The, I wanted her to sing the, um, so each man took his drop of rum and he drunk success to trade. And likewise to the cabin boy who was neither man nor maid. It's hoping the wars don't rise again, us sailors to destroy, and here's hoping for a jolly lot more like the handsome cabin boy. Mm -hmm. She should have sung that one! Why didn't you sing it, Kate? I would have loved to have heard her sing that. I'm like, you keep going there. You need to sing the whole thing. Did she, does she sing the part with the bumper? To drink a bumper? Nope. No, that's because that's that's like a different version of that 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 stanza. Because the drop of rum is also like a bumper is a like a, a to take a drink. Oh, that makes sense. It's of a pretty female, as you may understand. Her mind been bent for rambling into some foreign land. 
she dressed herself in sailor's clothes, so it did appear. And then the part about her cheeks were like roses, and her hair all in a curl, it was in the Bay of Biscay. A doctor dear, the sailors cried, and they saw the joke, they all did stare and stand and stare. Oh, there are two verses in the song which Kate has left out. One is the second verse. The captain's wife, she being on board, she seemed in great joy to see her husband had engaged such a handsome cabin boy. And now and then she'd slip in a kiss and she would have liked to toy, but it was the captain found out the secret of the handsome cabin boy. Like, whoa! Yeah. Hey! Why didn't she sing that one either? <laughs> yeah, kind of puts a different spin on things, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Like, she's like, hey, she was pan before it was a thing, you know? I mean, you could actually go into like different levels of, of, of intrigue at this point was who engaged the cabin boy for services. Was it the wife saying, hey, take this cabin boy or, you know, mm -hmm. who found out that it actually was a cabin girl? <laughs> <you know. laughs> we will never know. But but apparently anyway. the captain did find out. Yes, he did. And then after the fearful flighting row, yeah, <laughs> went, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We did, that's not ours. Oh, geez. <laughs> talked a lot about the history of the sea shanties and why yeah. they came about. Mm -hmm. They're primarily British and Irish and Scottish in mm -hmm. origin. Well, I mean, that, that that's where my uh, expertise comes in. I'm not the Kate Bush uh, expert like some in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so I have nothing to add at this point. So I do have to say, though, since you are a sailor, do you, how do you like her version of the song? I like it. I mean, it's it's not a like a sea shanty, like a sea shanty. You, you wouldn't really sing her version like in a pub while drinking. Mm -hmm. But it's still a fun version. So. Yay! Woohoo! Well, I was hoping to get approval for this song, a sea shanty <laughs> from a fellow sailor. Yay! Woohoo! It worked. Yay! Are you a Kate Bush fan now? Yeah, I actually. Woo! And I blame you. Well, of course. So. <laughs> Spreading the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Kate Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun actually recording with somebody in the room instead of being like, yo, I'm staring at my computer because we're talking across, you know, way across the country and shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Yay! Yay! Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. We hope you enjoyed this lovely discussion of sea shanties and especially about our lovely Kate singing sea shanties, singing about the handsome cabin boy. Now we're going to go back to the land so that we can have a discussion of not this time. No, I really, I do mean it. It's, it is going to be this time that we're going to talk about, not this time. That's going to be next week's episode. So that was the B-side for the final single from Hounds of Love, The Big Sky. And we're going to have another newbie on the show, Cassandra De Alba, who's going to talk about that song. So I'm really looking forward to that. But first things first, you can follow me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Podcast. 
on the web kbcast.linkmedia.com that's b is in boy and link with an e and also kbcast at linkmedia.com there is also a patreon so if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash kbushpodcast we have all sorts of cool rewards and you have to just come and see for yourself because i can tell you it's really cool so all of that out of the way that's where you can follow me on all the different social networks so i hope you all will join me next week for a discussion of not this time see everybody then it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football fantasypoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points fantasypoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play whether you play fantasy football daily fantasy sports or do a little bit of everything fantasy points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.